With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Deal. Oh, great crossover! Got Just let Fournier! <laughs> hey, that's called getting put on skates. Two down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans, covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover, episode number 139. I am Ben Simpson, that is Mike Cerrone. Glad to have you with us for yet another installment of this show. Yeah, 139. That's that's a lot of episodes. I, I think, uh, so we do them once a week, and we uh, yep. pretty much do them throughout the year. So we won't hit 200 this year, but if we are continuing it in 2024... I think we'll hit the big two hundo. So that uh, imagine if you and I hit the big two hundo. If we were down in in two hundo land, that would be yes. That would be quite nice. Uh, and by two hundo, I mean Mike and I aren't like four hundred pounds. I mean like if we got yeah, to yeah, like yeah. literally right at two hundred. Imagine being two hundred pounds, just to like flat. Well, the funny thing was, is back in the day in high school. So I was on. I took Accutane. As right. some people know, what yep. Accutane is, it's like basically it dries out your skin. It's for people who have I mean, I didn't have real. I didn't, I didn't have like acne all over my body or anything right, like that. Yeah. But uh, uh, one of my one of my buddies took it, and because he his he broke out all the time, and uh, he said oh, it works really well for me. And I was like, all right. I told my mom, I said, you know, I don't want to, you know, get to that point. So can I take Accutane? She said, yeah, sure, why not? So took it. For, it's only six months. You take it for six months. I think it's what what is it? A pill a day or something like that? Something like that. Um, I didn't take it. It was, it was it was something. I totally forgot what it was. But I took it in junior year of high yeah. school. The thing is, you can't have a lot of sugar when you're having it. You can't be pregnant either, but apparently I wasn't wow, pregnant. Wow, that's, that's good. Um, that's good. And, <laughs> and uh, that was the thing is you couldn't take a lot of sugar with it. So when you're looking at when I was taking it, I would eat like really low sugar, low sodium things, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's complete opposite now. Um, but uh, <laughs> So like for like <laughs> when, six when months, I, you were just eating like clean and healthy yeah. and your skin was clearing up and – you're, that oh, was yeah. the peak. Yeah, that was well. That was that was the thing is that that was literally like you said that was my peak because I was playing lacrosse and I was uh, you know basically working out every day because I had lacrosse practice and you know running and doing a bunch of different things and whatnot. But it dries your skin out so much to the point where like it looks like your skin's like red. Right. So like someone asked me like, man, you got a lot of sunburn on your legs. I said, yep. I just, I just said, yeah, he said, yeah, that's all I said. But that was the thing, though, is that I went to the doctor and I lost 15 pounds. Now, I was working out, so I was gaining muscle. Right. But I lost 15 pounds on Accutane because I, was, I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't having sugar. And obviously, I wasn't drinking. I was like 17 right, right. Um, but, or 16 or whatever it was. 
But like that was the best part is that I lost so much weight and I was under 200 pounds at that point. Not anymore. Um, so that's what happens when you get older. You just don't care. Nope. Uh, so. Nope. We definitely have reached that point, but uh, we will reach episode 200 next year. So that will be the big, the big milestone. And yep. hey, maybe big maybe two. Mike and I will be skinny by then. We'll see. Uh, not likely. Uh, yeah. uh, by the way, you can follow the show on all social media platforms at the DC Crossover on Twitter and at Sarone 16 And follow the talk, DC Crossover Podcast. The talk is always hopping, always a lot going on there. So be sure to check out the talk there um yeah wild weekend of sports obviously with uh nfl playoffs we'll we'll be getting into that a little bit later in the show um i did want to mention just side note i did have so i I did have for like the first time in a long time i had a little wawa this weekend i haven't had wawa in a long time man i don't know why i don't know wawa just never seems to be in my sandwich rotation i'm a firehouse subs guy for sure love firehouse uh jimmy john's every now and then is okay i i know subway gets knocked it's not as bad as we all remember uh but wawa i got like a brisket sandwich it was unbelievable it it was it was i mean it was risky because you're like all right i'm risking it for the brisket with Wawa, like, are they going to be able to put together, like, what kind of meat is this going to be? Like, is it going to be? Yeah. It wasn't bad, man. And then Abby got, like, a ham and cheese panini. It was a delightful Wawa Saturday in the, in the Simpson household. I don't even think I've had Wawa before. I think I've had sheets once or twice. But I just, I mean, I don't sit there and say, man, it's a Wawa-looking Wednesday. You, you know, should get Wawa really this Wednesday. Oh, really? Just do it. Wawa Wednesdays. <laughs> Speaking speaking of of interesting foods, I texted you this. So, my my new spot that I'm starting to really like is uh, Velocity Wings. Right now, some people know what Velocity Wings is, but for me, I, I just never been there because I I remember when it was Velocity Five and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I think they they might have rebranded or something. I'm not exactly sure um, because the sole fact that Velocity Five, no one really knew what the hell that was. Um, way back when, but then they changed it to Velocity Wings. I think there's one in uh, South Riding, there's one in Sterling, stuff like that. And I actually really enjoy this place because, first of all, they got like three different style wings. Okay, I don't get the boneless stuff. I'm not a nugget type of person. I want I want literally bone in uh, for the wing. And they had a bunch of different. Uh, so you, are, you should look. Yeah, it up right that's now that's exactly what I'm doing. And, <laughs> I know. I thought so. And and literally see the sauce types. So I I ended up splitting. I got twenty. Okay. And I actually sat there and was was like, I know I'm going to get garlic parm. And the other half, I was like, I don't know. I did, I didn't really think about it at the time. And the guy came over and said like, Hey, what are you thinking about getting? And then it was my turn to say something. I said, Can I get? 50 50 uh you know one I, I got one grilled and one uh, traditional or whatever and then he said what do you want i said garlic parm for this one and then i like panicked and i saw kentucky derby blue Oof. and on, on the bottom yeah the bottom right there and it was delightful i mean that thing was money and it, it's it's one of those situations where you never really know what you're going to get because there's no description right, for it. Right, right. But I figured the way they spelled blue, I'm going to get some blue cheese crumbles on that Right joint. here. There it and is. And I did. Okay. Oh, man. It was money. Kentucky I mean, Derby. So I mean, we got a lot of sauces here. Yeah. See, see and that's the thing. Like, so tonight, as we record this, uh, it's one of my buddy's birthday, so we're going to Hooters because it's halfway between, like, houses and stuff yeah. like that in, in uh, Chantilly. And uh, we usually go there because – my other friend has he had I don't know he has he has like a hankering for Hooters all the time. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> and we're we're going there, and I told him I said Hooters is so nubs compared to uh, Velocity because literally when you're looking at Velocity, there are so many options yeah. to the point where I mean you, you can't you can't go wrong with all the options they have there to go with. I mean they got great dry rubs on there, Cajun dry rub. They got. Um, obviously the regular barbecue stuff, which I'm not really a barbecue wing type of guy, but you look at this spicy crab. Look oh at man, spicy I mean, crab sounds great. Anything like I love any spicy garlic is like my go-to wing flavor. I love a little heat and garlic flavor on it, but I mean I do think I love that Kentucky Derby Blue that you said. Like that sounds fantastic. Um, man, a lot of this looks really good. I mean, any of these like spice, spicy honey barbecue, spicy ranch, spicy garlic, spicy crab. Spicy blue cheese yep. might be pretty damn good too. I mean, this is a Sp- oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, one. there's a spicy blue cheese right there. 
That's that might be uh, not a bad move either. I mean, let me correct myself real quick. I uh, I I just fixed my sound. So if my sound was off uh, on the recording, I just okay, fixed it. cool. It was it was it was record. I was like, why is my why is my audio so low? Yeah, you should be. Good. I was like, you should be. Hold good. on a second. I, well, you know how Audacity does it sometimes. Like it like says, oh, recording volume it just changes. Right, right, right. right. But All no, right. You, but I'm on this dino- dinosaur computer. But yeah, no, I, that it, that sounds delicious. I will say, like I'm I'm. Been on this healthy, got to lose weight kick. I'm down like seven or eight pounds so far this year. So like I'm eating pretty boring. It's gonna be. It's like Wawa. Wawa on a Saturday is the excitement on the food side of things for the most part. I mean, we did have some people over on Saturday night. Did did break into the pizza game a little bit there. Had some of that raised pizza from Sterling. And uh, you know a few pops. Weekends just suck though, dude. It's just weekends. It's so hard. You know, it's because it's like. You know, when you're during the week, you're obviously up and moving and you're doing a bunch of different crap. And, and then all of a sudden the weekend's like, oh, man, nice time to relax a little bit. And you're hanging out. And then you're like, all right, you know, I, I guess I'll have some, some drinks and stuff like that and all that stuff. And then you start blowing up like a balloon again. Yep. Um, but, <laughs> dude, I, I'm telling you right now, my Fitbit, though, is on my Fitbit games on point uh, the last last week or so. I'm getting over 10,000 steps or so. That's, I'm on average. It's like 10,000. That's the key. Uh, I. I mean, even because you know, I, I told you before that my uh, my condo complex gym isn't terrible, but it's I mean, it's nothing to rave about. Right. Because also, when you're looking at apartment complexes, you know, when you're paying those fees and that rent, that's what pays for all the renovations for the for the clubhouse and stuff like that. Condos, you own it. You're, you're, they're not going to you know renovate something for right. you. You know, they're going to do all the maintenance outside the building and stuff like that. They're not going to get a new gym, so that's what kind of sucks. So the last few times I've tried to go to the gym. They are, uh, you know, there's packed. Yeah, that January, right yeah, the January traffic, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, so so I so I just said screw it. I just started putting on podcasts, and I'm just walking outside. So it's like I'm just going. I'm I'm going on like two and a half mile walks. You know, and yeah, it's not high intensity or anything like that. But like I'm I'm not like just like strolling. Hey man, down I mean, the street. I'm you like, get the steps in. Like that's a big part of it. It's like you eat clean for the most part, and you try to get in like eight to ten thousand steps and up a day. It'll happen for for big guys like us. Like if somebody's like uh, listening to the show, they're like 175 pounds. Like yeah, you're gonna need to probably do more. But when you're big boys like us, right. all it takes is a nice little stroll around the neighborhood and uh, a salad every now and then. Like that, that's what it takes for us to lose <laughs> the weight. It's nuts. Uh, but right. we got a lot to get into, so I do want to uh, head into the rewind uh, to talk a little bit about the previous week of DC sports. Uh, I'm going to start with the Washington. Nationals, because there is again, it seems to be Nats news every week now. Uh, as their latest signing for this upcoming season, Corey Dickerson, uh, outfielder, 34 year old, well, actually turns 34 in May, lefty hitter. It's a one year, $2.25 million deal. This is a guy that's been around a bit. Uh, last year, he played in St. Louis, hit 267, six bombs, 36 RBI, 96 games. Uh, this is the type of move that you expect for a team that's in the place of the Nats, where you're going to sign guys to one year deals couple mil here and there if they do well you trip you trade them away if they don't do well all right you spent 2.25 million which in the grand scheme of things is not a whole lot so we'll see we'll see if uh cory dickerson can uh reclaim his spot i mean he, he he had a pretty solid year a few years back this is uh elian soto who the nats signed who is in fact juan soto's brother as we see him taking some uh some bp here a uh, 17-year-old outfielder signed for $225,000 a year plus a $200,000 scholarship. This is what the, you know, this is what you do here, the international market, the international signees, uh, as, you know, Soto has obviously pretty good genes. We know what we got with Juan Soto is, is now he's just, like, looking back to uh, hitting coach. It's like, all right, that's not really – I don't know why that's still part of the video. But, yeah, you see him, I mean, obviously – skinny guy kind of looks like Soto a little bit a little bit of the lefty swing there like Soto did have uh so we'll see I mean you never know with with these international prospects they did hit on Soto when he was an international prospect uh and their big hope is this Christian uh, Vaquero who they signed for like five million dollars last year of a five million dollar international signing pool so they're betting a lot on him uh and that is it for the Nats news let's move on to the Caps. Pretty short week for the Caps this week, Mike. Mike, not a lot going on there. 
Not a lot going on there, obviously. Playing the Flyers twice, which kind of sucks because the Flyers, I mean, ever since, what was it, like 10 years ago when the Flyers were actually relevant? Uh, you know, I just don't think they're a great team in general. Um, but overall, two losses against the Flyers, eight goals given up. Uh, lost on Wednesday, five to three. Then lost on Saturday, three to one. So, not great, not great. But again, I, I was a little worried about this to start because the sole fact that you're looking at this Caps team and understanding that Tom Wilson, Nick Backstrom, they're all coming back. So in hockey, you know, cohesiveness doesn't just like stroll in the building you're like oh, okay let's go play right. you know it's the same exact thing when you look at Kyrie and KD you know playing with each other they don't really mesh together immediately or whatever when they got together and so on with all the other teams but I just think when you're looking at it give them a little time you know yeah they'll win some moves on they'll probably go 50-50 over the next couple weeks while they get their skates underneath of them and get back into the swing of things and get the conditioning up so not a, not a great week overall uh losing the Flyers twice but it's all good no no room to panic still pretty good uh, in the standings and moving on to the Washington Wizards 50-50 week for them as well yeah the Wizards actually uh, played today as we record this Martin Luther King Jr. day and they lost to the Warriors at home uh, close game too I was watching a lot of this and it was you know tied heading into the fourth and things like that so I don't have actually the, the write up and the stats on that game but that, it was another loss so 18-26 now on the season 12th place in the Eastern Conference lost to the Pelicans back on Monday 132-112 C.J. McCollum, big game, 34. Valanchunas with 27. No Beal for the fifth time in six games for the Wiz Kids. KP, 23 and 10. Kuzma fouls out. A loss there. On Wednesday, though, you love to beat Chicago. Love to beat the Bulls. Shout out Windy City Breeze. Uh, 197. Kyle Kuzma hits a three with 5.7 seconds left. Denny, a couple guys with career highs in this one. Denny, 20 rebounds in this game, which is pretty wild. And then Anthony Gill, Career high, 18 points in that one in the win there for the Wiz Kids, And then losing to the Knicks on Friday, 112-108. Not a lot to say about this one. KP, 21 points. Nothing too exciting. Do we really need to, to shout out the Windy City Breeze anymore? Yeah, probably not. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's nice to, you know, give somebody a shout-out and whatnot. But, I mean... The contender is just crumbling. Yeah, so you're uh, not wrong. You're not wrong. But hey, still shout out. I bought I bought one of their hats. They had merch. I've got my Windy City Breeze hat up there somewhere. Uh, before we get into the football talk, which we will have plenty to talk about, I did want to move to baseball a little bit. The Washington Nationals. For the Nats, I just wanted to just kind of. And again, we'll be doing like season preview stuff and all that. I did want to just briefly kind of take a look at kind of the state of the the lineup right now heading into the season and just get some of our thoughts because it is going to be spring training uh, any you know any time now. It, it's 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 really coming up soon, uh, so we will. And obviously, this is going to be a mostly horrible year for the Nats. They're probably going to finish last in the division again. Uh, but I just, it's baseball. I, I don't know. I'm getting the craving for baseball again. Even though we're going to be watching a lot of bad baseball, I'm kind of like, man, I'm ready to watch some baseball again. Uh, so with, especially with the recent moves, this is kind of, and this is, comes to us from Fangraphs, uh, their roster resource. This is kind of how the lineup is shaping, shape, uh, shaping up at the moment. And I know the podcast listeners can't see this, so, so we'll say it out loud as well. But right now they have Lane Thomas there in right field, uh, CJ Abrams at shortstop, uh, Joey Menenzis at uh, DH. You've got Kiebert Ruiz at catcher. So, you know, three of those guys we saw a lot last year. CJ Abrams, we saw him a little bit once he came over from San Diego. Uh, now we get into some new faces. So, Corey Dickerson in left field mentioned him, free agent signee. Uh, Jamer Candelario, actually, I got to see him a lot in Detroit. The Candyman, we used to call him. Uh, he was signed as a free agent here for the Nats, and he will likely play, be their starting uh, third baseman. Luis Garcia, we still know him. Obviously, he's still pretty young, uh, left, uh, left-hand hitting second baseman. Dominic Smith, the big signing I talked about last week, uh, lefty first baseman from the Mets. And then you got Victor Robles. Robles, Jesus, I almost said Robles. God, what is this, 20, uh, 2014, <laughs> and it's our first time seeing him? He's a rookie. Uh, yeah. Ro- Look at that. Um, Victor Robles has, yeah, I mean, he's... Besides Corey Dickerson and Candelario, who weren't even Nats, I mean, Robles is right there with service time. I mean, he's got yeah, four over yeah. four years of service time in the MLB compared to some of these other guys. That's crazy. Uh, and then on the bench, you've got Riley Adams, uh, Vargas, Alex Call, Stone Garrett, 
these are all guys that you know nobody's going to really care about or know too much. Obviously, Riley Adams, though, we, we saw him a lot last year. Uh, and then rotation-wise, you got Josiah Gray, Patrick Corbin, Trevor Williams, who's a free agent signee, Kate Cavalli, Mackenzie Gore, um, with uh, Strasburg still on the shelf for who knows when, and then the bullpen there. So my point is, now we now that you, the Dickerson signing, you got the Dominic Smith signing, you got the Jamer Candelario signing. I mean, you've got these guys that are all signed to basically like you know one year deals, some uh, to to basically kind of see how what they have in the tank and and uh, likely get rid of them right after that. But is there anything entertaining at all about this lineup at this point, Mike? I mean, I I know they still can make a move here or there. We know that they're going to be bad. Like I guess. You know, you do have a lot of lefties in this lineup in Dickerson, Garcia, Smith, Abrams. This is obviously the lineup against a, a right-handed pitcher, so that might change. But I just – is there anybody yeah. here that you're excited to see at all? I mean, I guess like – I guess if, yeah, if you were to pick anybody off either the, the lineup there uh, or maybe the starting pitchers or something like that, like who are the guys that were actually like, all right, we'll tune into this terrible team to watch this season? I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is tuning in is so difficult because obviously yeah, Max like just sucks. Yeah. Um, but my biggest factor when it comes to this team is, yes, again, I said the same thing last year. This team is not going to be some contender uh, that, that everyone's looking at for a 93-win season or something like that trying to contend for uh, the playoffs. But, I, I mean, people got to pump the brakes on this team and say, all right, this team is not going to be good, as you just said. Who is the pe- the, the the players that you got to root for? Because yes, some of these guys no one really cares about. Some of them are plug and play. I mean, Dominic Smith. Who knows what you're going to get from him? I mean, two years ago he was decent for the Mets, um, and then so on and so forth for some other guys. I mean, Victor Robles. Who knows what that, what's going to happen with that yeah. guy? I mean, Victor Robles, as, yeah, as we said, um, Victor <laughs> Victor Robles. Um, you know, but it's it's just something that you know is is going to be a season of development. And I think, I'm hoping, Luis Garcia can maybe take a step forward because uh, Luis Garcia was also one of the top three prospects with Carter Keboom uh, back, uh, what, three years ago or right. something like that. And the biggest thing about Luis Garcia was everyone knew that he had some talent. Uh, his bat wasn't, you know, the greatest. But at the same time, you're looking at um, – uh, his 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 fielding, and he's one of the best infielders that we have fielding-wise, defensively. Um, but I'm hoping that he can take that step forward and maybe show us that he can maybe do, you know, a, a, a simple 275, uh, you know, career average or something like that and kind of raise it up because I know right. he has struggled in certain uh, certain aspects, but I'm hoping he can go up to like 275, which is solid for a guy that we might, probably is going to be batting uh, in the seventh spot for the most. Yeah, time. these are the projections uh, here. These are the 2023 projections yeah. from Fangraphs. So Garcia, they have right now at you know projected at 266 average, 15 right. bombs, you know, uh, 306 on base, 427 slugging. You know, uh, yeah. But it's 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 just like, like he's he's the guy that I want to see take a step forward because he's been in the system for a while. He's been Agreed. in uh, the majors for a little while. So that's one guy I want to see. Um, but. Obviously, uh, I want to see Josiah Gray. I think Josiah Gray, this is his coming out yeah. party. Um, you know, he's been in the major leagues now for a couple of years to the point where this is going to be his start, where he's going to start from the very beginning. He's going to be a top two starter because who knows about Strauss and also Patrick Corbin. Oof. I mean, it, 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 if Patrick and Corbin go out there and, and, and have a, a four or a three nine ERA, they're going to trade. Yeah. Him no look what. at these. Look at these projected ERAs. You got. You got Josiah Gray at 4.82 projected ERA. You got Corbin at 4.39. Trevor Williams, 4.79. I mean, you barely have the two guys they have under four and a half is Cavalli and Gore. Gore right now is projected to have the best ERA on the staff at 4.26. I mean, yikes. I mean, we're talking about (laughs) a whole staff with nobody I mean, two two guys projected under four and a half for an ERA. But like you said, if Corbin does somehow have a spark in the first half of the season and like he looks pretty solid, I do agree that I feel like uh, go trade him away. I mean, like that's that's if you can, if you can get you know somebody else to take him, um, you might as well at this point because uh, yeah, he's he's we we kind of know what we've gotten with him over the years. Uh, well, the, the the main thing about this team though is like we said, they're not going to be good. But this is a, a, a 
rebuilding. I don't right, care what right. you want to say. Like, a, oh, it's a retool or, or, or some other re-word. Okay? This is a rebuild. Okay? You're trading pieces away. You got a number two pick coming up. And you, you got tons of young talent that is still down in the minors. So, when you see guys like Patrick Corbin or, uh, I, I don't know, some other, you know, Dominic Smith or someone of that nature, similar to what we'd have with Nelson Cruz last year, we're hoping those guys, and you mentioned it perfectly uh, last year, that we're trying to have these guys go out there with small contracts and say, hey, maybe you can resurrect your career here because you're going to be the focal point of a very, very, very young team, and we'll trade you to a contender so you have a chance to go out there and maybe win a ring. Yeah, That's the biggest thing is this is a rebuild. It's not a, oh, uh, we're hoping Dominic Smith can be the next, you know, uh, oh, Robinson Cano. Right, like, right. No, it's not, it's not a situation like that. Okay, It's a situation that Mike Rizzo, and this is why I like Mike Rizzo. You know, He has mixed reviews sometimes here and there, but this is one of the reasons why I like him because he is embracing the, the fence that he has. The fence that he has is the learners. The learners don't let him, the dog, go outside the fence because he might run away and sign people for a million dollars that the learners don't want to spend. So he's trying to stay inside that fence, and this is what he's trying to do is stay – competitive where there's some fans there that's why you had cj abrams up there and josiah gray keeper he got some of these older prospects if you want to call them older like not like 17 year olds um but he got some older prospects that they can keep some fans there but he also is rebuilding the sense of getting lower picks and 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 drafting some good talent we'll see what they do in the draft here in the next few months but he's also getting those guys that are very 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 young that are you know going to take two to three years at least to get up to the majors. But you're also seeing some other guys uh, that are going to be brought up this year, which I'm very excited to see. We'll see if Cavalli gets a ton of right. time and so on and so forth. R- Rutledge, you never really know. So this team, again, not going to be good, but I like what Rizzo's doing, trying to rebuild, but also try to field a team that's not going to lose uh, 150 games. <laughs> right, and I think what you have to go in with the mindset, and I've been having to do this with the Tigers for years, is you have to go in to the mindset of yep. we're going to be bad, we're likely going to finish in last, and then anything above that is is a friendly surprise. You know, like that's how you have to approach it because you're not. This team is not going to be contending for the division not this year, next year, probably not the year after that either. I mean, when you look around this division and see how stacked the teams are, especially the Braves and the Mets and the Phillies, uh, this the Nats are not in that mix right now. That's for sure, and they're probably not going to be in that mix for a few years. So. Go into every season just going. We're gonna suck. Embrace the suck, and then you there might be an, embrace the exactly, suck. and 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 there might be a couple of fun moments along the way. You might get to see, uh, like you said, a young guy come up and play well. Maybe C.J. Abrams looks fantastic, and suddenly we go, "There's our shortstop of the future." Maybe Cavalli just straight up deals, and you go, "This is our star starting pitcher for the future." I mean, who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? So embrace the suck. That's the slogan for the Nats this year. Instead of natitude or you know all that other stuff, to say embrace the suck. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag embrace that, the suck. That's the new slogan. <laughs> now let's move into the football side of things. All right, so you know, obviously we're not going to talk a ton of commanders talk because we're going to be uh, you know talking about the NFL as a whole. I did want to bring up this poll that was on Twitter, Mike, that I wanted to get your thoughts on. This guy tweeted out, biggest mistake Washington made in the last decade was, and the four options he had was not signing Cousins, firing Shanahan, trading Trent Williams, and hiring Ron Rivera. Right now, the leader of the poll is trading Trent Williams at 47%. Then he's got uh, firing Shanahan at 25%, not signing Cousins 21.5%, and hiring Ron Rivera 6.5%. About 2,000 votes on this this poll uh, so far. Uh, so, are you with the consensus as far as uh, big mistake, biggest mistake of this group being trading Trent Williams? I, I would honestly say that when you're looking at the Trent Williams trade situation, I mean, it, it's hard to sit there and try to. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to really uh, word it. It's it's hard to sit there and basically say, "Oh, I want to." It's the same thing with Brandon Sheriff. It's like. Do we really want to sign this guy for thousands and that, or not thousands, millions and millions of dollars, you know, and not have a lot of cap room? Now, trading Trent Williams, I don't know if it was a mistake or not. I'm really 50 50 on it because, again, linemen, yes, we saw it this year. Their line sucks. Um, but Trent Williams, 
uh, was asking for a pretty price tag, but he has seemed to stay somewhat healthy for San Fran, which is nice to see. But I, I think firing Shanahan, eh, no one really cares. Um, that's way in the past now at this point. Uh, I think hiring Ron Rivera was good, but I, I think that at the same time, we've said it many times on this uh, podcast that hiring Ron Rivera was a culture change situation, and now the culture is somewhat changed. Uh, you know, we're going to get a new owner here soon and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they got to go with someone fresh, but we'll see what a new owner does. But I, I, I think, honestly, trading Trent Williams and not signing Cuz, I, I don't even, I don't even think those should be up there. I think, you know, when you say biggest mistake Washington made in the last decade, I mean, it's kind of hindsight. But Alex Smith, that whole entire trade, right? I mean, that trade's not even on here, and I don't even know. I, that should be replacing firing Shanahan. I think. Um, I mean, they probably should have had Kyle Shanahan run the team. Uh, if, if, if you ask me, but you're looking at it and saying the Alex Smith trade. Now, obviously they wanted a proven veteran that could come in there, but Alex Smith obviously was, you know, a little bit past his prime. He was never a, a baller. If you want to call it that, he's never a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers type that he goes out there and throws for 370 uh, on any given day, but he did win some games. I get that, but it's hard to kind of put that in here because he got hurt. But you, you gave away Kendall Fuller and like some draft picks, and you gave him this huge contract. So it's you know I was really kind of upset they gave away Kendall Fuller at that time. But you're also looking at it and saying we gave away draft draft picks, Kendall Fuller is gone, and we signed this this quarterback that's not in his prime that much anymore to this huge contract. And I I just think that that was probably one of the bigger mistakes than these four that are listed because. Right of the sole fact that you're giving up so much for a guy that's not the guy, if you ask me. Because even if he did not get hurt, what are you going to have him for four years and see what you can get out of a, 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 a now getting older Alex Smith? Now, Alex Smith, again, he won a lot of games and whatnot in his career, but he was never this, you know, this top five, top ten quarterback. He was always like that middle-of-the-road kind of guy stats-wise. And he would just win games. He's kind of like a Jimmy G, if you ask me. Because Jimmy G was the same situation where, you know, he's won games and whatnot. But no one sits there and says, man, this guy is he's a he's not elite. Man, this guy goes he's not in the, the elite Yeah, he's a, yeah that's he, for There sure. you go. He's not elite. He's just good. Yeah. So it's like, I, I just think that that was probably one of the bigger mistakes. But that's obviously hindsight 2020 right, because course, he got is. hurt. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I, just, I just think that that trade, the beginnings of that trade, was a mistake because they gave up so much for a guy uh, similar to the Carson Wentz, even though Carson Wentz is younger, uh, so much for somebody. Even though, and also they didn't give up as much for Carson Wentz, um, but they just gave up so much for a guy just trying to grasp for straws. That's not the swing and miss type things I've been talking about in the last couple of weeks because the swing and miss type stuff is okay. You, you know what we've been doing, like with the Carson Wentz situation and stuff like that. But you're getting the guy. I think at the time he might have been what 35, 34 years old. Uh, and at that point, for a guy that has his label as good slash really good game manager, I think that was way way too far. Here's a little trivia for you. Do you know the players that we drafted with the picks that we got from the Niners for Trent Williams? Uh, we got a 2020 fifth round pick and a 2021 third round pick uh, for Trent Williams. You said fifth and third? We got a fifth and a third. One of them God. is still on the team now. The other one, I have no idea if he's on the team now or not. Still, which one was on? It, which pick is on the team right now? Like which one? The the, the one third, the one? third rounder, the the twenty twenty one third rounder. Twenty twenty one. I feel like it's Chase Ruye. It's not Chase Ruye. It's a uh, cornerback. Oh, third round cornerback. Twenty twenty one. You said. The second one up in the seventy fourth. Wait a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> twenty, yeah, twenty twenty one, uh, th- okay. third round pick. So if it's a co- so that probably is Saint. It Juiced. is Saint Juiced. Yeah, Saint Juiced. Yeah. And then the other one was Keith I- Ishmael. Oh, Ishmael. Ishmael. Yeah, Keith Ishmael from San Diego State. He's a uh, center. Maybe. Oh, center. Oh, probably. Yeah, I was about to say. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> I, think well, so. I haven't heard him. I mean, we had Zach Martin's brother, his, his, right. his lowly brother, playing center. So obviously that guy. Ain't so ain't. we got St. Juiced and uh, a center that we're, that's probably not even on the team anymore. When did we trade Trent Williams. Trent Williams? How did we get. I thought it was like six years ago. How do we. I'm confused. Because they gave us a 2020, and it, it was probably because they gave future picks. 
Uh, that's all it was. So yeah, yeah, it was. What kind of garbage is that? You gave away. Tri- <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, what you got back was probably a mistake. Uh, but I mean, geez, Louise, fifth and a third. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's that's awful. Yeah. No, it's uh, it is not great. Yeah. No, th- I mean the trade. Yeah. Yeah. Tra- for left tackle, and it was yeah four, first round, fifth rounder, and a third rounder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, would not say that uh, that we won that trade. That's for sure. Um, let's Negative. let's uh, let's just get into the the weekend a little bit. I mean, well, actually, before we get into that, we yeah. did get the um, the news about uh, the Jeff Bezos bid news um, that he did not submit a bid to buy the Commanders, um, and so that that was a little surprising. I know a lot of people thought that. Um, you know, Bezos was going to be in the mix there. There were a lot of people who were sometimes um, hoping to have him in the mix there, uh, but unfortunately not, I guess. So, I mean, do we are, are we upset by this? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if upset would be the right word. Um, I think it's more surprising. Here's the uh, tweet from uh, uh, J.P. Finley, because the initial tweet AJ uh, Perez, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, hasn't submitted a formal bid for the Washington Commanders, so sources tell him. Um, minus Bezos, none of the half dozen bids. Oh, uh, why did it pop off? There we go. None of the half dozen <laughs> bids ahead of last month's first round uh, deadline has exceeded $6.3 billion. Uh, JP Finley tweeted out that he's heard the same. Not only was I told Bezos didn't uh, submit a bid, I've had people tell me the Snyder family has absolutely no interest in selling to Bezos. Um, and uh, I heard from a source that it will be over soon. So yep. it comes to us from J.P. Finley and A.J. Perez. Well, I also saw that Jason Lockenfora uh, also said that he expects it to be done uh, pretty soon um, for the most part. Um, I think the main uh, objective right now is to get it done before the draft because okay. if you still if you still think about it, if they get it done – Say in March, okay, April's a draft, so you better get get to it. And if I mean, and I said it last night in our on our text, if Eric Bieniemy is there and hasn't been hired yet, just hire him. Yeah, I don't understand. Like everyone wants to sit there and say, and I, I'm I'm a little wary too because he does have Patrick Mahomes, and it's the same situation with um other other people you know that are that are coaches out there, Sean McDermott and stuff like that, uh, that have those elite quarterbacks, but. Eric Bieniemy has been regarded over the last four years or so, and no one's given yeah, him a job. Now, weird. is he is he not really going for a job? Is that the really the really big case that we're, that people aren't looking at? Um, I don't know, but I just think that's like you got young talent on the offense. Okay, you got a young quarterback that has some skills similar. I'm not saying he is Patrick Mahomes, right, right. but similar where he can move around. He's got a he's got a gun as an arm. Okay, stuff like that. Wouldn't you say, all right, let me give a chance to whoever is the new owner? I mean, could it be um, – what's the guy that uh, put – I forgot. The, I, I would love to see who, who it was bidding so far because the highest bid right now is 6.3 uh, r- reported. But um, Byron Allen, he could be the owner. That was one of the rumored names early on. Um, and what's the, what, what's the other uh, – man, I'm, I'm losing my, my train of thought of, of the other people that were – I know Byron Allen is one of the big names up there. Um, Matthew McConaughey, Jay Z, all these type of guys. Wouldn't you say he would like? He would say, "I'll go play for Byron. I'll, I'll go coach for Byron Allen." You know, the culture's changed a little bit. He's he's ready to throw some cash around, stuff like that. The biggest thing is you have to overspend. That's what's going to happen for a person to come in and and try to coach this team. You're going to have to go out there and say, "Here's a bag full of money. Come coach us. We're going to you know pay off uh, Ron and all them to, to to go play some golf." And stuff like that. And now I want you to come in and coach these weapons. Terry McLaurin has had, I saw a stat today, he's had 10 different quarterbacks since he's been here. (laughs) 10 different quarterbacks. Yet he's one of six wide receivers to have over 900 yards a season. Yeah, that's nuts. One of six since he got in the league. No. And this year he finished ninth, I believe it was. Ninth in receiving yards. And that was with, you know, Carson Wentz uh, debacle, you know Taylor Heineke not being able to throw him open because he has to catch every ball in like an octopus. Okay, and then you have uh, Sam Howell last. It's like this whole entire situation 
that you know he goes out there and, he, and he's dominant. He's going to be one of those top ten receivers in the league. And then you have a good running attack, a great defense, and then you're going to rebuild the offensive line. Who, who, who it, it, it would seem to me it would be gone. a popular destination uh, for a coach. And then also, I mean, this is a side note, obviously, but they are still eligible for hard knocks here too. And then just imagine yep. one of fourteen. Imagine how exciting that would be if. You know, new ownership, the excitement around. I mean, that's I, – I know – I mean, you have to get the new owner, obviously, in there because, obviously, hard knocks with Snyder just would never work. He's he, – you know, but yep. – so you get yep. the new owner in there, new chapter, all that sort of stuff. It's a good storyline for TV, I will say, and there's a lot of young guys oh, to yeah. spotlight and have fun with, uh, and it would really be – I feel like – and look, hard knocks is not the end-all, be-all, but I will say, as a Detroit Lion fan – Having the Lions on Hard Knocks did, I think, bring more eyeballs to the team, like nationally, right. more eyeballs to the team. Uh, it made some of these guys more nationally known that were not. Uh, Hard Knocks, I know some coaches don't like it. They think it's a distraction or all that sort of stuff. But I really think it can do some good for, for, for a franchise. And if there is a, a franchise in the league that needs something good, it is the Washington Commanders at this point. You know, think about this stadium. This stadium sucks. This franchise with this owner sucks. Okay. But if you have an opportunity to go on hard knocks on HBO, yes, everyone says, oh, it's a distraction. Oh, it's this. But I I think, and and I'll let you finish. I think it's BS, the distraction thing, because all these teams now have these social media teams that are where they have film crews like run by the team. That's there at practice all yeah. day long. There's cameras everywhere always. There's no way the Hard Knocks can be that much of a distraction. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing that I'm saying is if you get a new owner at the time they're saying, they're saying they're going to get a new owner soon, which I've heard rumors that the new owner is going to come in before the draft. New owner comes in. It's a hypothetical situation. Say it's whoever, whatever name, okay? New owner comes in. You got – the pick of the litter for coaches, say you hire Eric Bieniemy. okay? You go out, you get him, you pay him a full bag of money, say thanks for, for changing the culture, Ron, see you later, go play Pebble Beach, whatever, <laughs> okay? Get a new offensive coordinator in here that will mesh with Eric Bieniemy because he's already the offensive coordinator at, for a good team, a uh, really good team, I should say. And you have all these weapons, you rebuild the line, see how Sam Howell can do, you got a good defense, so on and so forth, and you got a fan base that will explode. Yeah. You're talking about sleeping giant, a, a, cow, a, 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 for, a, a former Redskins Cowboys game, or because I, mean, I don't even want to say Commander yeah, Cowboys yeah. game. That's kind of weird to say. The former Redskins cow, all that kind of stuff. This team still has fans that are diehard. Yeah. I'm at the game all the time. Okay, now I'm not one of the. I'll be at the game all the time because I, I don't want. I don't have money. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you're looking at it and saying, this is. I mean, this is a, literally a ticking time bomb. You know when. Uh, Batman, the old cart, not old cartoon, but the old. I forgot what the guy's name was. The actor. I'm, I'm, it's slipping my mind right now. My dad. Was Adam West. Uh, Adam yeah. West. That's right. When Adam West is sitting there with the bomb and he's going like this, and he's like, like, where do I put it? Where do I put it? And like the fuse will not was going down yeah, barely yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. And, and I mean the bomb would have exploded an hour ago, <laughs> Adam. Uh, but he's sitting there and he's going like this. That is the fan yeah. base right now. Okay, and that's what this whole entire organization. That's what this whole entire area is getting ready for is that explosion they're getting ready for that explosion of we got a new owner we got a new coach we got a new coach that actually everyone knows knows offense and we've had guys especially recently in the past who suck at calling offensive plays okay so you're looking at it and saying this is a bomb that is tick 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 ticking away to literally explode this entire area to having a full jam-packed stadium gonna possibly get a new like this if this hard knocks actually happens and all these little you know pieces start to align that would be an entertaining that's the key that's the key though hard the key is that it has to align it starts with that owner we got to get a new owner in here then it starts with the coaching staff you got to bring in some of these new guys then it gets into the uh the you know the draft you have to obviously draft smart draft well then it gets into the hard knocks side of things where it's like hey if this team does get on hard knocks you know make sure 
we're 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 establishing the culture right off the bat of like what this franchise is going to be moving forward uh and and turning the page and all that sort of stuff while still acknowledging the roots and the heritage with this team i, I mean these are important steps but like you said if things fall into place like they should then heading into next season in theory there'd be some excitement here. I, I think there would be a real buzz and vibe around this upcoming season if, if all this stuff happens. But uh, it's a big F because we don't have a great track record of things going right uh, for, for the last you know two decades. So we got to really kind of see how this is going to play out. But I'm with you. I'm excited. Hey, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't mind uh, Byron Allen being the new owner. Now, obviously, like I said, I keep saying his name because some other names are slipping my mind right now. Because if Jeff Bezos – Okay, I think that's too much drama. I agree. Like that. I agree. Bezos is always in the news. I don't. Even, I don't even know who Byron Allen. No, was you want an owner that like is not <laughs> like you said, like guys like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, all these billionaires that like draw so much attention to themselves, and there's like they're polarizing. Like half the country hates them, half of them likes them. No, you need a super rich guy that not that many people have heard of. That's not necessarily looking to take the spotlight or anything. They just want to come in and they want to create a winner. Like that's what they're here to do. Right. They're investing their money. They're I want a Mark Cuban type exactly. Because Mark Cuban literally is at the games. Yeah, he's intense. He loves watching this team. And he, oh, I mean, and I always revert back to this story. So I heard, and it might have been Jess who told me. I heard that Mark Cuban literally wrote a blank check and said, or I guess he didn't write it because it's blank. <laughs> he gave it to the Pirates because he grew up right. in that area, and he said, "Hey, you get tell me whatever number you want, and I'll buy the team from you." And they keep saying no. Right. And that's the problem is that if he was owning the Pirates right now, they wouldn't be the laughing stock of the Major League Baseball uh, universe yeah. uh, every single year. And that's the problem with it because I want an owner like that. Because if and I want a guy that's hands off, just stroke checks, okay, be the face face of the franchise where you know you go out, you, you know you shake hands, you kiss babies, and all that kind of stuff, and say, hey, thanks for coming out, guys. Thanks for coming out. Be a real nice guy, stand up guy. Don't have any controversy around. You don't have. What all these other things that 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 dance yeah, night? You just gotta get him out. Just yeah, just be just be that yeah. guy. Be the be the good guy that we want, or or woman, whoever it yeah. is, and go out there and, and be the phrases. Just don't embarrass us anymore. That like once, that's that the thing. Ownership yep. has been embarrassing this team for like 30, 40 years. So it's like let's not not let's not stop embarrassing ourselves. Uh, let's uh, briefly. I just want to on the, uh, as far as the weekend games went. Um, you know, I, I wanted so obviously Niners over Seahawks forty one twenty three, Jags that that wild win over the Chargers thirty one thirty, Bills another wild game uh, holding out over the Dolphins thirty four thirty one. You had the uh, Giants Vikings game that uh, obviously ended in in a little bit su- uh, surprising fashion as we have the Cousins play here. Now, I know a lot of, and I'll mute it now, I know a lot of DC Twitter was love piling on Kirk anytime he does something like this, as if, like, it's all his fault that, like, the, yeah. you know, the, t- the team is where they are. Now, you and I had said it that, um, you know, watching the game, that this loss was not on Kirk Cousins. He actually played pretty darn well. This decision, though, obviously – complete brain meltdown decision i mean i don't know and i haven't read his comments about it to see what he was thinking but i mean an out route with hawkinson and one-on-one coverage where he's running his out like a good four yards before the the first down marker and this is the game on the line play four four yards it was like seven yeah i i don't i just don't this just must have been a brain meltdown because this just doesn't make sense, especially when you got you know Jefferson up here running a you know a slant like well above the first down marker and things like that. Like he was open. If he threw it like right here, right there, I mean that's that's probably a first down and the game continues. So that that that's a tough look for Kirk. Well, so he accounted for three touchdowns. Yeah. So again, loss ain't on no, him. No, no, it's yeah, really he, not. He, yeah. he 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 threw for like two hundred and eighty yards, something like that. Two touchdowns. He had a running touchdown. Uh, that's the thing is that like I, I'm not a huge Kirk sure. guy. I'm not a huge huge Kirk Homer or anything like that. But I mean, people like you said like to like to you know say, oh, uh, Kirk is who we thought he was. You know, it's like what, what are you talking yeah. about? What does that it even doesn't mean? make any Kirk sense. Is, it doesn't make. And people just love. You know? And it's like, dude, we've had 
like 200 quarterbacks since Kirk Cousins at this point. Like, <laughs> it was five and years all he ago. did was come in and like do pretty darn well at times and challenge RG3 for the spot and like, you know, all that sort of stuff. Right. It's like, what are you so mad at him about? But I don't know. They, they use him as a scapegoat. It's so weird because the guy wanted yeah. to get paid. It's the NFL. <laughs> Look at the contracts quarterbacks are getting now compared to then. Guys are getting paid like $50 million. I mean, like, what are you talking about? How mad they were at Kirk Cousins being like, I, I don't want to be just a franchise tag. I want to get like a big contract. Like, I want to do this and do that. Everyone was pissed at him. It's like, what? what why are you mad at him? <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not, not to mention that Lamar Jackson's out here and yeah. there's controversies surrounding him because, the, I mean, the – uh, rumor is, is that he didn't play because he didn't want to get hurt because of his contract situation. Right, which, right, right. That that's plausible, but you know, if it's like, I just think it's hilarious though because people just you know grind, basically put him in a meat grinder and just keep turning the they lever. They hate Kirk because they hate Kirk. They just don't like it's Kirk. So it's weird. like, uh, but it's like like you like you mentioned yeah. though, he hasn't been here in like five yeah. years. So if it's like people get over. That's it. like that's like <laughs> that's like someone like getting pissed off at Gus Farrant. Right. You know, it's like like twenty five years ago or something like that. Yeah, um, it'd be Mark one Brunel thing if he was like a like a Bryce Harper type that like like kind of almost tried to like almost become a villain against DC. Like immediately he started like you yeah, know shitting yeah. on. Excuse me, jeez. Okay, let me mark where that was. <laughs> uh, you know, he started like you know crapping on on the Nats and like really like embrace. I'm Mister Philly now, and it's like I understood what he was trying to do, but he was kind of like, all right, I could yeah, get why yeah. people might not like Bryce uh, if they're Nats fans. Also, it was you know different c- scenario, but like, what are we doing? I don't know. It was stupid. Uh, Giants beat the Vikings in that one. And then Bengals beat the Ravens last night, 24-17. Of all these games, before we move on, um, I don't know, like, which one either, like, you most surprised by, best game? Like, what's your what's your take on this weekend's slate? So, I don't place a lot of live bets, but for the uh, Ohio State-Georgia game, I always had this, this, this feeling during the game. And you know how sometimes when you're watching the game, you get a feeling like, and we're never out of yeah. it. It's like the like the Nats, the Nats uh, postseason run when they got the World Series. I, we just never felt like we were out, and I felt that we're Georgia. So I I placed a bet when they were down by like fourteen in the second half, and they ended up coming out, and I I cashed in. I think it was like a I don't know five dollar ten dollar bet for like like thirty five bucks something like that. Um, just just doing a live bet on them to win the money line. But the biggest thing that I'm looking at. Um, for these games is that I wanted to put, and I, I swear to God, I, I think I texted you guys about it. I texted a, a coworker of mine, and I also told Jess, it's like, I wanted to put $20 on the Jags when they were down by 27. I just didn't, because, yes, Trevor Lawrence threw three picks or four picks or eight picks or whatever right, right. it was. It felt like every throw was a pick. But I just didn't feel like he was out of the game because, yes, the Chargers' defense isn't great. They have some good playmakers on their defense, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, so on and so forth. But I just think I mean, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are just on fire right now where their offense seems that they can't do any wrong. And that's my, that's my biggest thing is I thought that game was awesome. I was at a bar watching that, and it was it was intense. It was awesome. And the best part was that there were tons of Chargers fans there, so they were just so like Love hype that. every single time. Every time, every time he threw a pick, everyone was like, clapping and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it started getting a lot, a lot, a lot quieter. But I think I, I, I was more pissed off about the Vikings game, uh, and then um, the I was pissed off because I don't. I'm not a big Ravens fan, but I cannot believe Harbaugh screwed that play up so badly, where he gets a guy that's probably smaller than me trying to jump over top of. Uh, trees right. and uh, what, what and J.K. Dobbins is pissed. I don't know if you saw. I the did. Comment. I did. He, he said like Lamar would have been able to get it and stuff like that. No, no. He said I was supposed oh, to. Oh, well, right, right. He said he said himself, which I totally get. Him or Gus Edwards would have easily scored, but it's like no, you're gonna give it Huntley to to jump over the the line. Yeah, here I'll that's pull like, it up. That's like a baby trying to jump over a bush. Like it's not gonna happen. It just made zero sense. Yeah, here's the play here. Oh wait, let me start from the beginning here. Gosh, look at that thing. And I, I loved how he was like, oh, yeah, I extended it. Dude, you were like two feet short. I mean, it was embarrassing. Can they give us a good replay of this? I mean, yeah, oh, that was a bad tweet, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no I think the cra- crazy ending to that one. Um, you know, overall, it was a great wildcard weekend. I mean, it really was. I think there was a lot to love, a lot of close games, really only one – 
quote-unquote blowout in that 49ers Seahawks game as we all knew the Seahawks didn't even deserve to be in the postseason honestly so uh they sucked so you know you knew the 49ers would get the dub there and then tonight's game of course uh Bucks and Cowboys which we'll, we'll talk about when we get into the uh our picks well I actually yeah we'll, we'll yeah we'll talk about that in a bit um let's uh hit up a little trivia here before we hit the final lap uh as uh it's been a little while since we've done Mike's Trivia Corner, but we know that people like it. We need to get a new name for it, man. We need to get like some alliteration going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, 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 go ahead. <laughs> no come no up attempts. With I don't know. I got nothing. All right. Uh, <laughs> trivia time. Trivia time. Uh, truly tri- yeah, trivia kinda... time. We need to get Truly to sponsor it. Oh, man. I wonder if I can reach out to Truly and see if I get any response. Yeah. It's worth a shot. Like, you, you think I would get... You think I would get be any, like, hey man, I've tried. Uh, we drink Trulies like on the show every day. It's like you know, just see if we can get a sponsor from them. Yeah. Well, no, now that would be great if we actually said, hey, we drink Trulies every single yeah. time, and then we had to. Us, oh, so, sorry, gotta drink Trulies tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's like part of the job. Oh, what a what an excuse. All right. So the trivia question, the DC Sports trivia question of the week on December twenty second, nineteen ninety six. What team did the Redskins defeat in the final game hate, at RFK Stadium? I hate these questions. I hate these questions because I, I – not only – and it's, I'm not using the excuse of, oh, I was four because it's like anybody – like you can go <laughs> back and watch old sports, blah, blah, blah. My excuse is right. I just was not a Redskins fan <laughs> as a very little kid. So I just don't know. Oh, man. Well, yeah, like you said, we always get a question. I'll give you okay. how this. I'll give you two. I'll give you two questions. I mean, because no, no, no. Here's you have, thir- you have thirty-one options. No, no, no. You don't have to. What What you can do for me is give me three teams to choose from. Okay. Yeah. Give me three three possible answers. They are in the NFC East. Oh, so it's it's one of those. <laughs> so that that's my three options. Okay. Okay. Uh, By the I way, mean, if you're playing at home, don't <laughs> and you're watching this on TikTok, don't make fun of me. I, I I I didn't grow up as a Redskins fan. I don't know why people talk crap on TikTok. They're like, can't believe this guy didn't know that. It's like, well, go get a life, go do things. <laughs> yeah. I was busy reading books and seeing the world. I wasn't just watching last games at RFK, that stadium that would shake every time you you moved to the next aisle, and guys selling me chicken tenders underneath a dirty napkin, and things were just falling <laughs> from the sky all the time. Get out of here with that. I told that story last week. <laughs> I'll say it was the New York Giants. That was my guess. Nope, it was the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that makes sense. End of the season. What am I thinking? Dallas Cowboys. See? That was stupid on my part, actually. Well, there was another question on here that had to deal with uh, uh, Redskins quarterback. So it's here's all, all speed round it real yeah, fast. Yeah. In, in 2015, Kirk Cousins set a new team record for passing yards in a single year, breaking the record previously held by which Redskins yeah, quarterback? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Jay Schrader. Jay Schrader. Good old Schrader trade. Let's hit up the final app machine. Chance to talk about some bigger <laughs> stories in sports. Not a whole lot to get into, but here we go. Uh, Siwoo Kim, Mike. Sony Open. I know uh, I know you're excited not only for you know Siwoo Kim, obviously, but... You're excited for, uh, I know Master season is just around the corner, man. It's only, they're throwing the ads out there already. It always gets me a little psyched. Yep. Yeah, uh, Siwoo Kim right now uh, is known for hitting off the deck. So he usually hits a driver off the deck all the time. And there was a video, I think it might have been two years ago, where he sat there and he started hitting golf balls like off the pavement with a driver, like 280. It was pretty awesome. I like Cebu Kim. That's all I know. All right, I'm a fan. Uh, In the across the pond in the Premier League, there for the first time all season, despite obviously playing terrific so far, Arsenal finally is now the favorites, the betting favorites to win the Premier League for the first time all year. Good for them. Yes. There we go. Good for them. Uh, speaking, <laughs> I, know, of, I, I mean, I, I got, I got nothing. Speaking else. <laughs> of your lad, uh, Mark Cuban, there. So this guy, uh, this artist, created this mural of Luca here, and it says, "Please send help." And he's holding. And there's some like stat lines of amazing Luca performances and things like that. Apparently, according to this tweet, Mark Cuban emailed the artist and said the mural was disrespectful. So. 
while we do love your boy Cuban, that's a soft move, Mike. I mean, this is just a, a mural on a on a random wall about Luca, and, and and the owner of the team is emailing this guy. Like, what are you talking about? Well, my my, my first concern here is. Why does Luca look like an old well, man? Well, that is a big <laughs> that is that is definitely a factor in that. This does not it's funny people had said like, you know, like the, this is the Ronaldo statue remember they made for Ronaldo that <laughs> yeah, looks the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh I mean, yeah. It's like this bug. does look pretty weird, I will say. Um I mean, it's just kind of odd cuz it's like he looks yeah. he looks like a Joe Pesci in Home Alone or something. It does look like, a little strange. Like, um but yeah. <laughs> but overall, I, I think I think what you're saying though is is It's like I what mean, are you what Yeah, are you I doing? probably you know? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's it's a little different, you know, in the NBA when you again you have cap room and all that kind of stuff and those kind of situations. But I mean, if if no one wants to come and play with Luca or or whatever the situation is, and that's how it is. I mean, it's like you can't you can't be butthurt about it because a guy paints something. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. It's like, what are you doing? Who cares? It's a piece of art. Like what? That would be like you know somebody getting mad at like us doing our dopey podcast like somebody like emailing us saying like hey you just you said something mean about Wes Unsell Jr or something and it's like what are you talking about it's like what did that guy on twitter say that, that he was he was tweeting oh that was good. i got a beef with him That's yeah yeah there was some, that was something i don't even remember what that beef was about to be honest um uh, well, if it was this year, it's probably about Carson. And actually, that's probably <laughs> I think what it was. But then again, I feel like he had a Wizards thing in his bio. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Let's move into the money line sponsored by our friends at DraftKings. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, and coming up this weekend, the NFL divisional round. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. Uh, we got, obviously, we'll be giving our picks here in a moment. So hopefully uh, we'll give you some winners uh, for you to use for DraftKings. Here's your call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DC crossover. Here's what uh, new customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only DraftKings Sportsbook with code DC crossover. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details on all that good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the folks over at DraftKings for our locks and our dogs this week. Again, it's been a pretty bad run for me lately. Like it is, it seems like for uh, the last year, betting wise. Uh, <laughs> so let's just get into it, I guess. My dogs this week. I mean, I like the Bengals plus five against the Bills. You know, your boy Josh Allen's going to throw two, three picks in the game since he's got a pretty solid defense. Uh, Joe Burrow, obviously. I mean, you got a lot of studs on offense. I think they can keep this one close. I do think ultimately, I, I can't remember my picks from last week. We got to get into those and, and look at the relook and see what we pick. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals upset the Bills in this one with Miami almost about uh, doing it last game. So I love the Bengals plus five, especially getting them at over that three, you know, getting them in uh, or over two and a half for sure. But getting them at five, I love that. And then uh, my lock, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Eagles minus seven and a half against the Giants. I know the Giants just beat the Vikings. I know the Vikings, I picked to them to beat the Giants. I still think the Giants stink. And I, I honestly do. And I think the Eagles defense is going to do better than the Vikings did there, I think. And I think they're, if you can shut down the, the run game with Saquon, if you can not let Daniel Jones get like 200 yards on the ground, uh, you can win the game. Like, that's all you need to do. If you shut down the run game against the Giants, you're going to win the game. So I think the Eagles are able to get that done. I'm taking them. Uh, it's uh, minus seven and a half. I know it's a big one, uh, especially with how close the games have been, but I'm going to ride with it. Ride with the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. I'm I'm honestly shocked how the Vikings never had a single spy. Yeah, I don't get it. Daniel Jones. It made no. He he literally would just scramble out and he's like, oh, 15 yards. I mean, the computer in Madden figures out I'm running with the quarterback every play before the Vikings (laughs) did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it was embarrassing. Not to mention Eric Kendricks just got toasted by yeah. Saquon Barkley in the flat every two seconds. Anyways, it just irritated me because I had a lot of things going with the, the Vikings this year for uh, fantasy playoff stuff. But um, anyways, so my picks of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go starting off with my dog. I'm gonna go with the Bengals again. Again, 
people out there, me and Ben put our picks in separately, and then we get on the show, right. and then we see what the picks are. So we did this separately. Plus five for the Bengals. I mean, I think that's way too much. You know, I, I'm more of a you know go down to two and a half, or if it's a double digit, kind of like the Bills situation, go to a nine and a half uh, situation like that. So I would like this if it was two and a half, you know. But overall, or excuse me, three and a half because they're underdogs. But overall, you're looking at the Bengals and saying. I think the only reason that this spread is this high is because of the sole fact that they both, similar situations, had high leads, big leads, right. and then started letting them dwindle late. Um, and I think, honestly, when you're looking at Joe Burrow, this season, and maybe overall in general, he makes less mistakes than, than Josh Allen does throwing the football. Um, Josh Allen has a better uh, way of getting down the field because he can use his legs. But just in general, I think that you're looking at uh, the Bengals and saying that was a division game. Yes, the Bills was as well. They were playing Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson yeah. is Jeez. is is literally the last hope for Miami, and everyone was like, you know, giving him crap the entire last two weeks. But it's like he, he's a seventh. Yeah, like what do you want him to do? Or whatever yeah, he was. Exactly. Yeah. So overall, I think the Bengals have a good shot to at least cover that, if not maybe win outright. Uh, but then looking at my lock, I'm going under 52, Jaguars and KC. I think that it, this is going to be a lot closer because I think that what they're going to try to do is do short dink and dunks uh, for the Jags, which is going to you know extend drives, maybe get long drives here and there. Yes, I understand they were just in a game that scored over 60 points, um, and arguably the Chiefs' offense is better than the Chargers, possibly. We'll see. They're, they might be on par. But I just think that when you're looking at – Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he's going to, you know, he, he, he didn't have any rust because he's never been in the playoffs before, but you're looking at it and saying he can't throw four picks again. Let's be honest yeah. here. Um, and I just think that overall, oh, 52 points, a lot of points, especially in the playoffs, because you're looking at some of these games, and yes, a lot of them have gone over, um, but I just think that this is going to be more of a safety type of, uh, of score because, yes, the Chiefs can score 70 points, but I think the Jags are going to try to keep it out of their hands, and Doug Peterson kind of knows what he's trying to do with Trevor Lawrence and Etienne and so on and so forth because he doesn't have really any burners for uh, pass catchers. He has more guys like Zay Jones who move the chains. He doesn't really have types of guys that like Tyreek Hills and stuff like that. So I think they're going to try to keep it out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, try to waste the clock, and under 52 sounds a little bit comfortable okay. for me. Okay, now now you know it's going to be a – like 80, 80 yeah. point spread or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's happening. Might have before. to fade Trust that me. pick. Uh, that is the locks and the dogs of the week, sponsored by DraftKings, the money line. Before we bid you adieu again, we uh, remind you to check out all the social media channels Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Saron16 and the TikTok. DC Crossover Podcast is the place to be on the talk. Uh, and yeah, give all those a follow, subscribe, like, you know, become a follower of all that stuff. Do it because uh, it helps us, helps well, I the see, show. I hear John. I hear John in the background. Not there he is. Yeah, oh yeah, John's hey, there. Turn him up a little bit. John, give him a, give him a little volume. John Z's there. Man, those pipes. Beautiful pipes. John Z takes us out as he does every single week. Uh, we will see you next week. After, you know, hopefully some more good football games. We'll see you. Go Jags. Go Jags. DC crossover. Now he doesn't know what to do. Oh, but he's with King Sheep back.